0: Welcome to National Treasure News, the special episodes of National Treasure Hunt, where we give you all the latest, greatest, and sometimes not greatest, information about the National Treasure franchise. I'm
1: Emily. And I'm Aubrey. And today on National Treasure News, we are, probably unsurprisingly, if you're listening to this when it comes out, talking about the premiere of National Treasure Edge of History over on Disney+. Plus. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, and I know we try to keep these episodes short, but I'm already anticipating us having a hard time with that. So, Emily, I'm going to ask you to go right into our social media shout-out so we can get right into things.
0: So, as you've been doing already, please continue to send us your thoughts on the National Treasure series, Edge of History, as well as your thoughts on this National Treasure news episode. You can find us at N.T. Hunt Podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
1: And just for the record books, in case someone comes across this news episode in the future, we are recording this installment on December seventeenth, twenty twenty two, which is just three days after the worldwide release of the first two episodes of this show.
0: Yeah, we're we're being very timely.
1: Yeah, we're we're trying to be. Um so as previewed In terms of the Edge of History talk for today, we're going to break this episode down into two parts. First, we're going to give you a little behind-the-scenes look at the red carpet premiere of National Treasure Edge of History. Because if you are not a stranger to our social media, you'll know that we have the distinct pleasure of attending and we are going to tell you all about it. The second half of this episode is going to take a look at some early reception, early views and critiques of the show, and we'll finish off with a little uh, prediction about what that could mean for season two. So um, I think since that's a lot, we should dive right in. Let's go. Okay, so the Hollywood premiere of National Treasure Edge of History was held at the El Capitan Theater on one and only Hollywood Boulevard on December 5th. So about a week and a half prior to the world premiere on Disney+. Plus. And we thought we would break down for you guys kind of how we ended up there and what our experience was like since um, we just kind of felt happy to be there and uh, feel like you might be interested in, in hearing the vibe.
0: Yeah, I mean, we are basically... The Rileys for this National Treasure premiere. Were were the audience stand in
1: Oh, I love that so much! I wish we had said that in one of our interviews. No, <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, um, so how did we end up there? Well, we'll we'll keep this quick, but I think it's a fun story. You know, we have been in touch with Disney PR uh, for you know, a couple months now, especially as we were working to schedule our bonus episode interview with the Wibberleys, which go check it out wherever you listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. Um, And they had been really great working with us, and we really appreciated it. And after we recorded that interview, we kind of expected that to be it. Um, But a couple weeks later, exactly two and a half weeks before the Hollywood premiere, uh, we got an email invitation. Each of us got an email invitation to attend the premiere. And um, it was pretty funny because I got out of dinner and looked at my phone and had this like all caps text message from Emily being like, check your email. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, what did we do? That was my reaction. <laughs> I didn't know
0: if it was real or not.
1: No, I mean, that's fair. Um, I checked my email, jaw hit the floor. Um, and we decided that we were going, even though it was two and a half weeks away, and we had to get time off of work and get flights and hotels sorted. We were going.
0: We we went, and yeah, I think one of the cool things that I want to mention here is that you know because of our connection with the Wibberleys, we were under the assumption that the Wibberleys had somehow coordinated this for us to get us invited to the premiere, and we when we talk to them at a later point in time they actually let us know that they had nothing to do with it which means that like we're kind of in with the disney pr people now which is pretty cool
1: (laughs) yeah we're gonna try to keep it that way for y'all and for us um yeah, so uh we, we went. Um the funny thing was we had about forty eight hours notice before we left our respective cities to fly out to LA that we would not only be attending the premiere, which was ba- the basic assumption, but that we were also going to be invited to cover the red carpet. Gold um, carpet. Gold carpet, excuse me. Um, and I don't know about you, M. I stayed up all night the night that we worked on the questions, like refining them further and like doing the face sheet and everything like that the the, basically we had questions prepared for everyone that we knew would be attending um we had a what we called our face sheet so pictures of everyone so that our partners who were coming as our plus ones and now were our de facto camera people uh knew who everyone would be in addition to us because we obviously knew who everyone was And interestingly, they
0: actually at the premiere were handing out their own face sheets. Yeah. uh, The the PRP. We happened to not get one, (laughs) but they were handing them out. So apparently it's a very common thing, uh, for press on like the red carpet to basically get, you know, a sheet of people and who they are.
1: Yeah, and these the so little details like that were the behind the scenes facts that I live for. Like Mm -hmm you know so so speaking of when we get there um there is a press line and we were very concerned that we would stick out as sore thumbs like we have no idea what we're doing because this was our first time um but we were so excited and got even more comfortable as we realized that like half the camera people didn't know where to go yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: we also had a, a little issue getting in uh right away because we were dressed uh very nicely which some of the some of the press were but some of them you know it's just their job to come and do this so we were dressed for the premiere Mm -hmm. so people assumed that we were in line for the premiere not the press and so we had to we had to like get in contact with some other people to like allow them to let us in that that was funny
1: yeah but my one of my favorite parts of that was once we got to the front of the line and we're like we're we're a podcast they like cut us off they're like oh you're the podcast okay (laughs) it's like okay we're the podcast all right um so we go through security um you go around this barricade in front of the theater to access the carpet which is literally set up on the sidewalk in front of the El Capitan Theater on Hollywood Boulevard um I was really surprised to see that like traffic is still going the Mm -hmm. whole time they only shut down one lane um and One of the coolest things was realizing, like, how do you know where to go stand? Is it, like, first come, first served, or you have to fight for a spot? No, thankfully. Um, They put a piece of... They tape pieces of paper to the ground that have the names of the outlets on them, and so that's how you find out where to go stand, Uh, and it makes it so that when the when the cast and Mm -hmm. and the production team is coming down they can look at the ground and see who you are so they know who they're talking to which i'm like that is brilliant
0: that's very smart
1: yeah so um we get set up we teach our partners how to do camera angles which was nerve-wracking we got our microphones set up um And then the carpet begins, and the first people who come are, I would say, influencers and other personalities who are not directly associated with the film, so maybe they have something of their own coming out that they're trying to promote, or, you know, they're supporting other people on the cast who they're friends with, so they walk the carpet first. Um, Another thing that made me comfortable in a weird way, kind of made me feel like, we and the people walking were you know we're all just humans you know nothing to get freaked out over um was seeing how especially when some of the influencers were walking they seemed awkward themselves because they weren't sure whether to stop or not because Mm -hmm. let's be frank the media outlets were not there for them they were there for the people in the show Mm -hmm. so that awkwardness was oddly comforting to me
0: it was and you know we uh, the, the managers of those people would come up to us and ask if we wanted to interview, you mm-hmm. know, those people. And I think something that made me comfortable was that we were kind of trying to save uh, our, like, energy and our videos and our microphone batteries for, like, the cast and crew of the show. So we were able to say, like, thank you very much, but, like, we're we're trying to get, you know, mainly the show people. Everybody was super nice about it, mm-hmm. but I think just, like, the fact that people wanted to talk to us was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so then as you get closer to the premiere time, that is when the cast and the production team for the actual show begin to arrive and quickly everything devolves into chaos. Oh my gosh, it was so chaos. <laughs> okay, so you assume that people like walk the step and repeat um and then you know they proceed in a linear fashion and then when they get to the end they go into the theater right wrong nope. <laughs> so the first half of the carpet is all the cameras and the second half is all the microphones as I like to describe it and so the cameras are fairly linear they do the step and repeat but then when you get to the microphones everything devolves into chaos and the actors the the ca- uh crew the uh, pr- production team that's the word I'm going for um they start doing interviews and then bypassing each other because you know some people are talking at at one outlet and so they pass them but then they have to go back to them and then their friend arrives so they go back all the way to the beginning and then all of a sudden the whole cast is there and then everyone gets taken back down to the very beginning of the carpet for the cast photo and and then it starts all over again and um it was chaos
0: (laughs) it was chaos I think my favorite one of my favorite parts was um we we th- i forget who it was but we thought we were going to get the chance to talk to like one person in particular next like we'd been waiting we had told their manager like we would like to talk to them and they were like right next to us at you know the the disney um press people so we were like oh yeah like they're going to come here and then all of a sudden they were called back to take the cast picture and us trying to collect content um i immediately <laughs> not yell but highly encourage aubrey's partner brian to run down to the other end of the carpet so that he can get a picture
1: i believe your words were brian picture go he knew what i meant he went i know i know we got a nice cast photo it was
0: great he did a fantastic (laughs) job
1: um yeah that was pretty funny um so yeah then after the cast soda everyone comes back and and so this whole time we're starting to collect uh many interviews i would say between you know one and three-ish minutes with various people associated with the show um please go check them out you can find them on our instagram and you can find you know two minute and 20 second clips on twitter because that's the limit that twitter has these days
0: as well as a compilation of all of the interviews on a bonus episode of the podcast
1: totally um so i think that it was very fitting that the first people we talked to actually ended up being the wibberleys um that was also something that helped us i think get settled and comfortable because we you know know them they
0: literally came and hugged us
1: i know uh so which
0: i immediately was like oh we we actually belong here like people people know us they're excited to see us like that that was the first time we met them in person yeah. and they immediately were like oh my gosh hi let me give you a hug I think that was that was my my favorite part
1: I agree I mean it was it was so nice and then it really I think uh foreshadowed just the most incredible experience everyone that we met was so so nice mm-hmm. so gracious and I just I just can't speak highly enough we ended up speaking on the carpet to everyone every cast member that was there with the exception of Zuri Reed because we were talking to someone else as she was going in but we got to talk to her after more on that in a minute um and I just I was so stunned with how nice everyone was and how we were treated like a real media outlet Mm. Um, and that was really encouraging as well. Um, I would say that my most memorable interview was probably with John Turtletom.
0: Oh my gosh. He was game from the beginning.
1: He was amazing. I we have been wanting to talk to him for so long and to have the opportunity, just honestly that alone made the night, but how nice he was and how forthcoming he was with like national treasure three updates and, you know, playing along with the lemons question. It was just amazing. And then at the end, we didn't get this on camera. I don't think, but like, as he was leaving, he was like, you guys are fun. And I was like, I win. I win.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we have a couple candid photos. Um, of him where he's trying to figure out what camera to to look at so he's like pointing we'll we'll post some of them more in the coming weeks but uh yeah I mean he's he's such a big name right like he you know totally could have blown us off yeah and clearly that's not who he is um so I think yeah that was awesome I agree
1: Speaking of big names, I don't know about you, Em, but every one of my friends and family who knows about this little excursion we went on is asking me about Catherine Zeta-Jones.
0: Yep. That's
1: the first question everyone asks, and yes, we did meet her, we did talk to her briefly, and yes, she was very nice.
0: She She was very nice. Very, very, very kind.
1: And I guess speaking of kind, I don't think anyone was kinder than the star of the show, Lizette Oliveira.
0: Oh my gosh. She remembered us. I mean, you'll hear it in an interview, but she remembered us from when she had sent a video uh to our National Treasure Tour group uh over the summer. Uh she, you know, commented on on the podcast and uh, her answers to our questions were just absolutely fantastic. She had clearly thought so much about the role that she is playing and I just yeah it was it was great
1: and you know we could go on and talk impressions about every person but we won't for the sake of time Uh, we just really appreciated their generosity and graciousness Um, and then the red carpet was over you know, we were at the very end with all the Disney PR folks, which I think ended up being really exciting because it was right before everyone was walking in. It helped us, I think, grab people at the last minute for interviews. Um, but it also meant that we were walking into the premiere kind of right before it started. Mm-hmm. It was that was also a little bit of chaos in the best way. I think part of the chaos was I was shaking profusely. I was so cold and had a lot mm-hmm. of adrenaline. Yeah, which was not a good combo. Um, Our seats, we ended up having low-key, like, the best seats in the house. We were literal front row dead center of the balcony. Like, amazing. And to be in such a historic theater also Mm -hmm. was very cool. Um, Now, Emily and I had seen the premiere already from the screeners for the Wiverley's interview. So we, I I don't know, I speak for myself here. I kind of used that time to take a breather. Yeah. Um. And also appreciate the coolness that is a Hollywood premiere, which is basically the first time any character appears on screen. Everyone claps for them.
0: Yeah. And I so I've been telling this story to people, Aubrey. I don't know if I told it to you, but there is a commercial that is on TV nowadays about um, I think it's for I don't actually know what it's for. But it. it, it the idea is you don't want to turn into your parents mm-hmm. and it's it's people kind of doing that. Um, and there's a there's a person in there that's kind of redirecting them and is like no and one of the things is they're in a movie theater and people start clapping and the guy that's redirecting them is like no like no nobody that made the movie is here you they're not going to hear you clap and josh and i my partner find that really funny so when the when the premiere ended and everybody clapped Josh and I looked at each other and we were just like, it's so cool because the people who made this are actually here. So it's legit (laughs) that we're clapping right now.
1: Wait, As soon as you started talking about that commercial, I knew exactly where you were going with it. That's amazing. Um, So, yeah, so the premiere was great. And then afterwards, this is the second most common question that I've been getting. Yes, we did get to go to the after party. Uh, The after party was held at the Hollywood Roosevelt Hotel, which is about a block away from the El Capitan Theater on Hollywood Boulevard. Um, They basically took the entire historic lobby, both sort of wings of it. There are sort of two wings and closed it off to the public. And we had wristbands that came in the envelope with our premiere tickets. Um, And we got to go to the party, which basically lasted until midnight they had uh, open bar and they had food and a DJ and this big stone puzzle thing in the middle of the room and, you know, photo backdrop booth areas and uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, The cast has their own little roped off section that they're allowed to use exclusively, but they stay in there for about 20 minutes. And then they leave because they too want food and to dance with the DJ and stuff like that. So we were like, dancing with the cast and stuff like that um talking to the cast a bit more this is where we actually got to talk to zuri who plays tasha um and solidified our friendship with dustin ingram who became one of our low key favorites on the carpet as well
0: he told me that he liked my uh jesus fish tattoo and like that you know for those of you that know you know I'm I'm a somewhat religious person so it means a lot to me but he he specifically made a comment he said like nice tattoo by the way you don't see that a lot nowadays god bless and i was just like you are you are in my heart forever
1: yes and he is uh he's one of the folks that we met that we are still in contact with mm-hmm. online and so Hopefully that can lead to some more exclusive stuff for y'all in the future. We'll keep our fingers crossed and do our best for you. So that I think is the story of the red carpet premiere and we hope that was uh you know it's always fun for us to talk about that but we hope that it gives you a little more insight and is interesting for you too.
0: Yeah. And if you have any more questions about it feel free to reach out to us on social media. We we obviously really like talking about it. Um yeah. so we we will talk to you more. But yeah. um, I think, you know, let's get down to why we're really here, which is to talk about the early reception of Disney's National Treasure, Edge of History. So, Aubrey, what are we doing?
1: Okay. I, I did some research, y'all. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, What we're going to do is we're going to look at the critical and fan reception of the first two episodes of National Treasure Edge of History based on, um, I would say, professional articles as well as online sort of social media feedback um, about these, these first two episodes. Now, first and foremost, before we get started, I do want to give a huge shout out to everyone who joined our episodes one and two watch party on the national treasure hunt discord um we held that on the evening of the world premiere on the 14th and had a great conversation shout out to all of you and for anyone who wants to join our discord we will be hosting more watch parties in the future so just get in touch with us and we'll give you that link
0: yeah it was so much fun to be able to talk to everyone about the episode while it was happening so um i anticipate us doing more of that in the future
1: for sure. Although I will be watching the episodes before the watch party because if I learned anything, it's I cannot do that if I did not already know it was going to happen.
0: Yeah, if you're not used to it, it's it's hard.
1: <laughs> My gosh. Okay. Anyway, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to go through some of the reactions on um, some popular movie ranking sites. We're going to do a Twitter data breakdown, which I'll describe when we get there. We're going to go over just the, just, you know, touch the surface, scratch the surface of what some professional reviewers are saying. Um, And then we're just going to talk a little bit about some major recurring reactions that we're seeing online. Sound good, Em? Sounds good. Let's go. Yeah. I think this is going to be really, really interesting. Um, And I don't know, maybe fodder for another book in the future. I'm not sure. Uh, That being said, as a scientist, um. I wanted to make this as data-centric as possible and almost as replicable as possible in case we wanted to look at reactions in the future with other episodes. And so for the record, I collected the data we're about to talk about yesterday, so December 16th at around 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So this is about somewhere like smack in the middle of 48 to 72 hours post-release of these premiere episodes on disney plus um so let's start with the ranking sites mm-hmm. this is immediately fascinating to me yeah rotten tomatoes 47 percent from critics 35 percent from audiences
0: well wow.
1: i think the first reaction is pretty low Mm -hmm. The second reaction is, I have never seen a differential like that, where the critics are higher than the audience, especially not for National Treasure.
0: Yeah, it's really, yeah.
1: Just for comparison, we've talked about this before, but for the movies, you have the opposite. As you expect, the audiences are higher, way higher. And the audience scores for the movies are like 76 and 67% respectively, compared to a 35% for the show so far and Mm -hmm. as we know rotten tomatoes typically starts higher and gets lower over time for audiences at least um so that's jarring
0: yeah what about some of the other sites
1: so imdb has it currently ranked at a 4.6 out of 10 and that's not like oh there's only like 20 rankings so far no there's 1200 rankings so far (laughs) and this too is pretty substantially lower than the films so for for national treasure and book of secrets um they're in the 6.5 to 7 out of 10 range
0: okay okay
1: so that was that was pretty shocking but then i was like okay you know here's the tough thing about disney plus and all the streamers they the the companies that own streamers don't actually give you any sort of um data regarding how their shows are doing it's like super cagey this is like a big thing actually in the in the critic community um so i went to this site called televisionstats.com and this website analyzes television show popularity based on the engagement they're getting online which i think is really fascinating and you know as of the time of the data collection edge of history was number five in online popularity behind white lotus wednesday survivor which just had its season finale as well as as well as yellowstone Hmm. it was the show with the most number three most visited wikipedia page though i will admit that numbers three through ten in the ranking so this includes national treasure of history they're pretty much the same like numerically it's Mm -hmm. one and two numbers one and two wednesday and white lotus that really run away with this ranking um the show does not rank in the top 10 of the most googled shows Hmm. not in the top 10 of reddit community growth and not in the top 10 of twitter account growth interesting that being said it is ranked the number one watch disney plus show in the you know basically the other day Mm -hmm. um to be fair the shows that came behind it in the disney plus rankings i'm not sure i had heard of any of them (laughs) So I'm not sure how much is coming out right now. What were um, do?
0: You, what were the shows? Uh,
1: Santa Clauses and okay. some something Andor.
0: Okay. Yeah. So that's a Star Wars related thing. Uh, Andor. Okay. And then the Santa Clauses is based off the Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen.
1: Gotcha. Interesting. So
0: those are you know fairly popular, fairly popular things. So
1: um, so you know, so those are now that you mentioned them, I'm I'm glad that you we have that context to be fair I watch a lot of tv and I do a lot of social media and I've seen nothing about those shows so I'm not thinking they're getting a ton of traction Mm -hmm. and the fact that edge of history is the number one Disney plus show but it's not ranking in all these other things tells me that all these other streamers shows are doing better not even just streamers right survivors and ABC show um okay so right off the bat we're doing a little (laughs) yeah (laughs) is the adjective i use to describe it (laughs) um so now we get into the fun stuff this is where i started doing my own analysis i thought it would be interesting to take a look at real-time fan viewer reaction on twitter so what i did was i found sort of the three most relevant hashtags that are being used to describe this space um, that would be the official hashtag hashtag National Treasure series, as well as two other hashtags that are not the official ones, hashtag National Treasure Edge of History and hashtag National Treasure. And I looked at or I sought to look at the one hundred latest posts under each of those hashtags where it was clear based on what was being said that the poster had actually watched mm-hmm. the premiere. And where the posts were in English, because I unfortunately only speak English. um, And where the post was actually relevant, because hashtag National Treasure gets you other stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So I tried to do the 100 latest posts, but I actually was only able to do that for the main or official hashtag, Mm -hmm. because for the others, uh, they didn't have 100 and in those cases, I went back in the Twitter space until I got to December 13th, i.e. the day before the premiere happened.
0: Okay. I bet we were also a lot of the posts and some of those hashtags.
1: And I, of course, ignored those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is fascinating. I made a whole spreadsheet. I did the math. Emily saw the spreadsheet. It's great. Thank you. So for the official hashtag National Treasure Series, Out of 100 latest posts, they were 61% positive reactions, 17% kind of neutral. So they commented on watching it and, like, maybe they said some good things and some bad things. Or maybe they just commented on how it was literally fine. We got some of those, too. Uh, And 22% were negative reactions. Okay. So that seems... Seems better. Yes, definitely better. But where things get interesting, and I find this fascinating because of what the use of a given hashtag could mean, hashtag national treasure edge of history, the positive rate decreases substantially, is now at 42% positive. It's at 31% neutral, which is a pretty substantive increase, and 27% negative. Now, These are people that I would describe as they're interested, but they haven't really been paying attention or following along. You know what I mean? Because... The people who are following along and who've been really hyped and excited about this show have been following at Disney NT, the official account, and the posts using the official hashtag. So it's probably not surprising that that one skews more positive Mm. and that as we start moving away from that official hashtag, people who haven't been following along as much don't have that inherent hype built in. Now we start skewing more neutral and maybe even a little more negative.
0: Okay, so what about the the National Treasure? Because I would assume that that is, you know, purists, movie people.
1: Exactly. I would say this was the group that was, the only way I could classify them based on the results is highly skeptical. Because, okay. yeah, they probably are purists, um, or, you know, they were on Disney Plus that day, didn't even know the show was happening, and all of a sudden there's a banner that says New National Treasure, and they're like, gonna watch this. Oh my god, I hated it.
0: <laughs> because, yeah, that that was what
1: I was seeing. Yeah, so they this this grouping was 19% positive, 19% neutral, mm. and a whopping 59% negative. That's nearly as high as the positive reactions for the official hashtag.
0: Yeah, and we will do some breaking down of some of those <laughs> negative things in a couple minutes and I may or may not have a rant about that, but overall, Aubrey, what was it from Twitter?
1: Yeah, so I, I just want to confirm before I read these numbers um, that I didn't just average the averages because that means nothing since each of these groupings had different number of tweets analyzed. I averaged the numbers themselves. So nice. I I combined all the Twitter data and overall... The tweets were 48% positive, 22% neutral, and 30% negative. And to me, that's astonishingly even.
0: Yeah, it is. I was going to say that's giving me very even vibes,
1: which is a little jarring. I mean, if you consider positive and neutral to be like the desired, then I guess we're sort of at like two thirds to one third. <laughs> But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I know we have a lot to get through, but I'm really f- curious. Um, does this surprise you in any way or is this what you were expecting? Um,
0: I mean, I think it, both, um, which I realize is a weird answer. Um, I think, you know, we are so wrapped up in, because we're so close to the series now, uh, we're wrapped up in a lot of positive Press, um, and positive reactions about it, right? The people that are in our Discord, and you know, we'll talk a little bit more about them in a couple of minutes, but the people that are in our Discord, um, are, you know, for the most part, are watching it because they are enjoying it or feel neutral about it. So we're not getting a lot of negative, like overall negative reactions from there. Um, I will say that just in my own perusing through Twitter on the day of the premiere, I did see a lot of, some negative uh comments about the series so i'm not super surprised uh in that respect um but yeah i think i'll have a little bit more to say when we get to the kind of the the like breakdown of you know what some of the positives and negatives that people were seeing
1: are that's fair and you know as tedious as this twitter exercise was i'm think i'm gonna keep doing it In the future because I'm curious to see how it'll change especially as people who hated it start dropping off Mm -hmm. or are people going to continue hate watching which as far as Disney is concerned hate watchers are as good as love watchers because they are watchers and that's all they care about okay so very curious to see how this story develops let's move on to some professional reviewers now we picked three kind of like highly regarded outlets of the modern day when it comes to reviews um to just quickly touch on we're gonna deep dive into these at a later date though in a full episode so we're gonna keep this pretty surface level but i do just have to say emily it just really annoys me how critics pretend to like know everything and assert at the same time that there's just no movement on national treasure three and it's just never going to happen like do your job research it's literally your job
0: yeah yeah they're not helping the cause
1: they're really not okay anyway that's my minuscule soapbox of the day let's start with the hollywood reporter this review is written by angie han um They don't give, like, a ranking system or a star system in their rankings, but they do give a, quote-unquote, bottom line. Uh, And their bottom line is fatally lacking that cage charisma. Fair. Um, It is. I would say that, ultimately, this is a fairly negative review. Um, It really criticizes the characters themselves and sort of how they were presented so far as well as the dialogue and delivery and I'll admit there were some things in this especially related to the dialogue and delivery that I would personally agree with I know some of our our discord and twitter and instagram community would agree with Um, but one really poignant line that came out of this review that I did want to read for everyone um, which I actually found really interesting and worthy of discussion at some point you know it really the the review likes how the show brings up socially relevant issues but it doesn't like how it brings them up and i actually think there could be some validity here they say edge of history's engagement with these socially relevant issues stops at simply mentioning them And I think we obviously have to watch the rest of the season play out to see if we get discussion about them. But from the premiere, like just based on a review of the premiere, I think that could be fair. Yeah.
0: I mean, I also think they're probably, they being the people that make the show, are probably doing it like that for reasons which we will see uh, later and I will comment more on. So I'm going to leave it there.
1: Yeah, and I might come back to this there as well, because I don't know if that's a good enough reason not to do it. Um, Okay, that's the first critique. The second critique is also what I would say is a negative one. This is the Variety Review by Joshua Alston. Um, You know, a lot of these reviews, as good reviews do, point out positives and negatives. This one definitely has, once again, more of the negative spin. Um, And the most interesting quote from this review um is as follows i'm just gonna read it it says quote there's a solid young adult adventure show to be made about these characters one that embraces the topicality of its premise with more nuance but that show probably wouldn't warrant the national treasure banner end quote and i found that fascinating because we've been asking forever is this national treasure or is it just a show about a treasure.
0: Yeah. And I would also say I think something that strikes me about that one is the idea of they're saying that show wouldn't warrant the National Treasure Banter, which is suggesting that the show that we're getting is warranting the National Treasure Banner. At least to me that's what it seems like. But it's because they're not embracing right the topicality of the premise Mm -hmm. with more nuance and i think we see the same thing with marvel related content um and so i I think that that you know because national treasure is meant to be this fun family friendly type thing um i think the, the thought is that if we go you know more nuanced with these issues we're we're kind of moving away from away from that and i guess that's what the people that are making it are trying to avoid i'm not really sure but that's just my thought
1: that's an interesting take. Uh the third and final uh, review comes from the Guardian's Lucy Mangan and right off the bat I just have to say I don't really know whether this was a positive or a negative review because she's like super sarcastic and it was hilarious. The review is so funny. I was actually cackling alone in my apartment reading it. Um but she keeps calling the show fun, so I'm going to characterize it as a positive review. She gives it 3 out of 5 stars. Um, and she seems to just really be harping on the fact that the show is geared towards children and their quote-unquote knackered parents. So she really gave this as like a 8 to 14 and a half age range here. Um, We are
0: well beyond that age range.
1: (laughs) But the the best part, the best line, this isn't even poignant, it was just so funny. She mentions how Sadusky is in the first episode- and then says, quote, he dies, possibly after seeing the script for the second episode. And that is when I died, because that was so funny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a good one.
1: <laughs> so, Lucy, you know, you should be a comedian. Your review was hilarious. Uh, so so those are the three big outlets that we decided to take a look at today. Um, it's never a surprise when critics review things negatively. I think we've talked about that in depth before. Um, But, you know, it happened again, I guess. So that's what critics are saying. But what are everyday people like us saying online? What are the major recurring critiques? Well, going through hundreds of tweets really gave me a sense of that. And I would say that some of the major recurring criticisms that we're seeing, um, whether they be positive or negative critiques, People tend to like the characters, but they're not liking how the characters talk, how they Mm -hmm. speak. Um, Gen Z speak, I think people are not loving, especially since from Gen Zers themselves that we have in our Discord. They're like, yeah, we don't actually talk like that. Um, That's a very good case of people don't talk like that, you know? Beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, next recurring uh, critique people are tending to like the music which i know emily likes as well however em there are very mixed reviews of this sort of juxtaposition of lyrical music with lyrics (laughs) on top of trevor robin's score
0: yeah that's that's fair i definitely have mixed feelings about it but yeah
1: People are critical on Twitter of sort of the teen drama vibe. There's a lot of comparison to this seems like a CW show. This seems like a show Aubrey references a lot called Good Trouble. Um, And people aren't loving that a a ton. My personal critique, because I have to, is that I find the show really entertaining. Um, I'm still not sure if I think it's full national treasure yet, but time will tell um the two big problems i have with it number one there are some supernatural stylings they're subtle but if anyone's listened to this show before they know how much i hate that and like leave that to indiana jones so for example when the initial flashback scene with the indigenous women holding the relics all the relics are glowing different colors it's like stop it um the other thing that I take issue with here is the use of historical facts as exposition and just like throw away comments to say that they're using historical facts instead of using the historical facts as a way to solve the clues, which I think is so inherently national treasure.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see if that'll change or if that remains the same through the course of the series for sure.
1: Very good point. And Emily, as I think we've alluded to before, there is a very mixed bag regarding the quote-unquote progressiveness of the themes of the show.
0: Yeah. So um, I would just like to say to those people, calm down. Um, This is reality. We are currently living in a society where we are paying attention to other people that are not white, cisgender men. Uh, God forbid we do that. Uh, We as women, I think, can especially say this, have been watching movies and TV shows that have centered themselves around males for years and years and have still been enjoying the content as evidenced by the fact that we host the National Treasure podcast. Okay, we're not sitting there complaining. Oh my gosh, why do we have a male protagonist? We might talk about some patriarchal issues that we see, but we're not talking about Ben being... A male protagonist and anything like that we're not commenting on the fact that they're bringing up like civil war related things and enslaved peoples that is not what's happening on uh, especially twitter uh instead people are basically review bombing or kind of attacking the show for having a female protagonist that is latinx and for the show kind of being, quote unquote, too woke, which is something that I saw a ton and something that a member of our Discord community actually brought up without us bringing it up, which I thought was interesting. They mentioned that they had seen people speaking like this. Um, yeah, so if you're saying that this is too woke, I would like to you know, challenge you to think about the way that you view life. I really like everything that they're doing in the series to bring up some of these issues. I mean, we talked to the Wibberleys, the fact that they want to focus on this uh, Latina character who is, you know, her immigration status is, you know, somewhat like she's trying to get, uh, she's trying to become a citizen of the United States and stuff like that. Like they specifically wanted to tell this story. Mm -hmm. I don't think they wanted to tell this story Because they were like, oh, this is going to be woke right No, They wanted to tell the story because they were interested in it. And that is what is happening. So people commenting that the story itself is too woke because they're focusing on immigration status and stuff like that. I've literally seen people say that they're canceling their Disney Plus subscriptions over this. And I would say okay, cool, because Disney is moving in this direction where they're acknowledging that other people exist. They're commenting on societal issues so that people feel represented. Okay, there are a ton of people who mentioned in our Discord that they felt represented by this. And there are a ton of people, I'm assuming, just in life in general, who feel represented by the stuff that Disney is doing nowadays, aside from some of their uh, LGBTQIA uh, things that they've been dealing with. Uh, poorly lately, but regardless, if you're canceling your Disney Plus subscription over this, probably for the best for you, you're probably not going to like what Disney Plus is saying, and I just, yeah, like it's not too woke it's good that we're addressing these things and reconsider what you're doing in life if this is what you're choosing to get on your soapbox and rant about for a show that is meant to be fun
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I'll take it a step further and say, like that first professional review these these conversations could be pushed even further by Disney. Uh, I they think could. you know, at least in the premiere, again, we don't know how the rest of the series is gonna or the season of the series is gonna go yet. um, Emily, I'm really glad and thank you for for that discussion. um I do want to say that, yeah, when I was going through Twitter, I saw a good amount of exactly what you were describing um but i do want to say maybe this will make you feel a little bit calmer i it wasn't the majority of what i was seeing um which hopefully lends i don't know a little bit of what does it gives it? me a little
0: more faith in humanity
1: yeah yeah i mean not that you should have the faith in humanity because of what you just described and the fact that this is happening at all but hopefully the fact that it's not the majority is um even slightly comforting yeah so finally We did ask for some reactions from our podcast listeners and our social media followers, and y'all didn't disappoint. We received double-digit responses between our Twitter and our Discord and our Instagram, and for the sake of time, we only have the ability to share a few of them here, but we do want to share a few of them um, and give a few of you some shout-outs. So uh, first, we have Anthony on Twitter, who you all might know from our first Superfans episode. After watching episode one, Anthony says, I'm not sure how to feel. Didn't have that national treasure feel to it yet. I'll give it some time, though, as the series goes along.
0: I think this is a, I think this is a good way to view the show. You know, I understand not feeling you know super into it after the first episode or even the first two episodes. I believe the Wibberleys said to us on the red carpet, you know, the third episode is where things really start to heat up. So I maybe things will change after the first episode, but I really like this idea that, you know, Anthony is willing to give this some time moving forward. Um our next uh the next set of feedback that we got was from Sydney on Instagram. Uh, this was fairly positive. She said, I really enjoyed it. Sad Nick Cage isn't in it, but it seems like it's going to be just
1: as good. That's, I love that sort of optimism. This is clearly, Sydney is clearly someone who loves national treasure, loves the feel of it, loves the community of it, uh, and is is willing to take another ride in this world in whatever form that takes. So, Amelia on Instagram had a slightly more cynical reaction I would say, but one that like I think is kind of fair. She says, "How are they going to hype up bringing Sadusky back and then kill him off in the first episode?" Yeah,
0: um fair. I think the you know, the the Wibberley's mentioned that because of the fact that this is a 10 episode series, um that there needs to be kind of an additional thread aside from just the treasure hunt. Um, So they had mentioned that this thread is going to uh, kind of continue along and be a parallel thread of interest throughout the series.
1: Not to mention that they only had the budget to bring him on for one episode, although I will say personally, I am very concerned about what this means for National Treasure 3.
0: I'm concerned about what it means for Riley. I hope they don't bring him on and do the same thing, (laughs) but I, I don't think they would do that. Anyway, um, At Ritterton on Twitter, who also uh, is part of our Discord, uh, said fanboy screaming about all the nods and nudges to the movies while also doing something so very new that it's an absolute delight to watch. This is so fun.
1: Ritterton has been one of our most amazing listeners of our podcast in recent weeks and we're so excited to have him in the discord and speaking of the discord we have one more comment we're going to share here from arthur who was able to participate in our live watch party so arthur says i'm invested in what we're getting so far although the show does have flaws like relying too much on that gen z dialogue and a few plot contrivances in regard to the puzzle designs still though i'm interested in things like the series calling out the racism and whitewashing of american history and Catherine zeta jones's deliciously villainous performance you can imagine
0: why i liked uh arthur's review here
1: i i gotta say i feel like this one best encompasses my feelings so far
0: yeah i think yeah arthur has been very fair with all of his reviews and comments on the series so yeah i think continuing to watch out for you know what he's gonna say is uh, something of interest.
1: It's a space to watch. Um, but Emily, as we wrap up this conversation today, what do we think all of these initial reactions mean for the potential of a season two for Edge of History?
0: I don't know, uh, <laughs> to be honest. I don't know where we stand right now. I mean, we know that they, the Waverleys really want to do uh, a season two, uh, that they want to continue telling this story. But I... I don't know. I think personally, and we've had this conversation, that the Disney um, PR people you know, should try to come out and say a little more strongly that National Treasure 3 is in the works and is happening. I mean, check out our interview with John Turtletob to kind of confirm that. Um, but I think the issue that I've been seeing is that a lot of people think that this show – means that National Treasure 3 is not happening, which we have been informed from numerous sources that are closely related to both the series and the movies that this is just another thing that they're doing. And it's not necessarily meaning that they're not going to make a third film, but that, you know, they're just telling another story in the meantime while they get that together because they wanted to bring National Treasure back to people. So...
1: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, I normally don't personally like making predictions unless I feel very confident about it, and I, I don't know what to think, but I will. I'll put my, my stake in the soil and say, I think they'll get a season two. It, it's really, it's really hard to say because again, streamers don't give you any data. Like we don't know beyond what Disney's going to tell us, and beyond doing these little, you know, makeshift analyses ourselves. But I think that there's enough talk about it that they can get away with the season two. I think that they need the IP. They need the content to fill out Disney+. And I think that something that will always be true in general is that TV shows are way cheaper to make than movies. Mm -hmm. And when they need all of this content because they have to build out this platform and keep it running and keep it sustained – um, they can do that more cost effectively with shows than they can with movies. And so now my big question is, does this in any way affect the timeline of National Treasure Three? So that's where I think the reception of this could actually be good be pretty interesting because, you know, do they spend more direct time and resources on this show? Do they not? Do they do both simultaneously at the same pace they've already been working or, you know, I mean, I think about, for example, how Jerry Bruckheimer has recently been on the record saying there are two Pirates of the Caribbean projects in the works right now. And guess what? The one is on the back burner. The other one is moving forward first. And that's just how it is. He's been very forthcoming about that. So can we say there's a similar vibe here where one thing gets gets put in front of the other? Mm-hmm. That's what I think is, is pretty big TBD.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that's very fair.
1: Um, And just a reminder that the Wibberleys did share with us that sort of the earliest they'd expect to hear anything on a potential season two would be in February of 2023 at the earliest.
0: And an additional reminder, uh, in our interview with John Turtletop, he casually let drop that next year, a.k.a. 2023, is going to be a big year for National Treasure. Um, So, you know, take that how you will. But... In the meantime, please send us your thoughts on all of this National Treasure news, as well as any comments that you have about the series thus far. We are at N.T. Hunt Podcast on Twitter and Instagram.
1: This has been National Treasure News. I'm Aubrey. And I'm Emily. And thank you so much for joining us on our National Treasure Hunt.